0: Over a million patients a year are treated with respect, warmth, and compassion at Boston Medical Center. It's in this spirit of community that we offer our podcast series to you, featuring our doctors and staff. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: As the risk for breast cancer has decreased from one in four women to one in eight women, early detection is key. BMC follows the American College of Radiology guidelines, which states that annual mammograms should begin at age 40 and continue for as long as the woman is in good health. We know it can seem scary, but breast cancer is scarier, and if you're a woman over 40, it could save your life. Here to address some common fears that women have when it comes to mammograms is Dr. Greg Miller, the section chief of breast imaging at Boston Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Miller. So let's talk a little bit about mammograms. Who should have them? When do you have your baseline?
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me uh, on the show. Um, I'm happy to discuss this uh, issue, which is uh, relevant to a huge swath of the population. And as you might know, we serve a large segment of the underserved population. So we do follow the recommendations of the American College of Radiology, and they do state that a woman should start screening at age 40. Now, there's a reason behind that. The data shows that mammograms save lives. We've seen a steady decrease in mortality related to breast cancer, really from maybe the late 70s or mid-70s through the mid-2000s. There's been anywhere from a 30 to 40% reduction in mortality related to breast cancer among women across the population and all age groups. This data is... um, somewhat older data based on uh, older techniques, and it's, it's quite possible that as we look at the data as it applies to digital mammography and 3D mammography or tomosynthesis, that the numbers will look even better, that we'll be seeing a much greater reduction in mortality related to breast cancer screening. The guidelines uh, were developed uh, based on the uh, prevalence and incidence of breast cancer in different populations. We know that breast cancer tends to be a uh, a disease related to age. Uh, A woman has a one in eight chance, a lifetime risk of developing breast cancer. Put another way, um, one out of every eight women is going to develop breast cancer sometime in their life. And put it even another way, about uh, every, every woman has an approximately 12 point I think it's precisely a 12.3% chance of developing breast cancer in her lifetime. So even though this tends to be a disease associated with aging, um, it's really those breast cancers that develop at a younger age in patients that tend to be more aggressive, that tend to be more difficult to detect, and but tend when they are caught early, tend to convey a greater mortality benefit. Um, to those women, particularly those at a younger age, at the age of 40. So we start screening mammography. We follow the ACR recommendations, which state that a woman should start at age 40. However, there are some circumstances where starting even prior to the age of 40 is is recommended. And we might touch on that later, but it, it, it generally relates to a woman who might be at higher risk for breast cancer because of a family history, either limited to a first-degree relative or multiple relatives with breast cancer, a woman who has been irradiated um, at a young age, uh, say for lymphoma, or a woman who has a, a documented a genetic mutation that places her at extremely high risk of developing breast cancer. So that that's kind of the 20,000-foot view of of why we screen, the importance of screening, why we started at, with women in their 40s or started age 40 and it's, it's interesting just yesterday an article came out uh, a pretty large study looking at one practice um, and the distribution of breast cancer in their patients and about 19% of their patients of all their patients diagnosed with breast cancer were in that 40 to 50 year old age group so we stick by our guidelines we believe in starting mammograms at age 40 and uh, the the data bears that out.
1: So for women that have dense breasts, let's just talk about a regular mammogram. Is this as good as 3D? And then speak about what 3D is a little bit and what the difference is between a normal 2D mammogram and 3D tomosynthesis.
0: Okay, I I think I'll start with that. So traditionally, up until maybe, I would say, 10 to 15 years ago, Uh, We used film to uh, image the breasts, and uh, that was preceded, but that was followed by uh, the introduction of digital mammography. Uh, Digital mammography for many years has been a a two-dimensional modality. We compress the breast in one dimension and take an image, which is superposition of all that breast tissue, and then we take an image at approximately a 90-degree angle to that and take another two-dimensional image so we're really looking at two-dimensional images and triangulating anything that we think is abnormal to localize it within the breast. Uh, Only recently has 3D mammography been introduced and started to see good market penetration throughout the United States. 3D mammography is otherwise known as tomosynthesis and it basically takes a series of relatively low-dose images At multiple angles through the breast and allows us to reconstruct uh, both a two-dimensional image of the breast but also allows us to really slice through the breast at multiple depths removing that superimposed breast tissue that makes it difficult to document a breast cancer that might be hiding within dense breast tissue so that's the evolution of the technology and and that's of, of great import particularly when we transition to a discussion of dense breasts, about forty to fifty percent of women have dense breasts. Now, what does that mean? That means that a woman has more fibrous tissue or glandular tissue or supporting structures such as cooper's ligaments. It does not mean that they necessarily have breast cancer or are going to get breast cancer. It's considered within the spectrum of of normal distribution of of fibroglandular tissue on the opposite end of the spectrum are women who do not have Dense breasts—they ha- they might be predominantly fatty breasts, meaning most of the breast tissue is comprised of fat and fewer glandular elements. Or they might have what's called scattered fibroglandular tissue, which is patchy areas of of glandular tissue, admixed with a large component of fat. And in a woman with fatty breasts or or let's just say non-dense breasts, breast cancers are simply easier. detect. They're easier to detect on a background of fatty tissue. There's a concept called masking that makes breast cancers more difficult to detect in women with dense breasts. So if a woman has a dense breast, it shows up as white on a mammogram. Well, cancer and a lot of benign pathologies show up as white on a mammogram. So you're really looking for a white abnormality on a white background, the analogy would be finding a needle in a haystack, and it's more difficult. 3D mammography or tomosynthesis makes it uh, much, uh, much easier to detect abnormalities, including subtle abnormalities, in a woman with, with dense breasts. So again, we're, we're faced with the challenge, about 40 to 50% of women, they tend to be younger women, have denser breast tissue. And we now have a technology that allows us to peer somewhat through that breast tissue and detect abnormalities that previously would not have been documented, either on 2D digital mammography or on film screen mammography. So, in general, we've gone to from maybe a 60, 65% detection rate for breast cancer using film, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. To probably a closer to an 80 plus percent, maybe mid 80 percent uh, sensitivity for picking up breast cancer, including subtle breast cancers, with the use of these digital technologies and 3D tomosynthesis. And it's been particularly helpful in patients with dense breast tissue. But I do want to reiterate that dense breast tissue alone is not an abnormality. Lots of women have it, and lots of women, more women with dense breasts, are never going to develop breast cancer than those who do develop breast cancer. It does convey a slightly increased risk of developing breast cancer and we don't know if it's simply because there's more glandular tissue in which the breast cancer can develop or if it's just because we can't detect the breast cancer early because it's being masked by that dense breast tissue.
1: And Dr. Miller, just to wrap up, give women your best advice. The women that are scared to go get a mammogram because they think it's going to hurt or they don't like waiting or waiting to find out or getting a letter or a phone call or waiting, sitting out in the waiting room, making sure that the pictures came out well, just tell these women who are afraid what you want them to know about the importance of getting that first mammogram and then every year after that.
0: Well, first and foremost mammograms, screening mammography saves lives, and it detects breast cancer. It's the best tool we have in our armamentarium at this point to use as a screening tool. I look at breast cancer as as a commingling of what I do as an imager with what the patient's clinicians do. So uh, we work hand-in-hand with the Belkin Breast Care Center and their clinicians um, that are just a doorway away from us. And I think the more that we interact and, and explain why we're doing screening mammography, how it's going to be done, laying out the expectations for women, the less scary of a proposition it is to get a mammogram starting at age forty and then continuing with a follow up examination. There's a lot of noise out there. So there are a lot of competing interests um, that have come up with 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 different Uh, protocols by which we should screen women, Um, we're sticking to the ACR guidelines, which are rigorously or based in rigorous data analysis. Um, I like to reassure women that, uh, you know, we have any women that come through our system, we reassure them that they're dealing with very well-trained technologists. We have the techs explain what's going to be done, explain that they may experience some discomfort during the procedure, But that discomfort, temporary discomfort, allows us to get a high-quality mammogram um, so that we don't have to take additional images. And usually when we explain it to a patient, they understand that a little bit of discomfort goes a long way to achieving a high-quality mammogram. And then we like to explain to patients that in, in concert with their discussions with their physicians, if they have... Any particular concerns, if they're at higher risk for breast cancer, if they have a family history of breast cancer, or they'd simply like to talk to a radiologist, we're available throughout business hours, and we're happy to speak to them to reassure them that, A, they're doing the right thing, what they're doing is going to uh, save lives, and, uh, and also that, that we're applying the most appropriate criteria and techniques to performing their mammogram using the latest state-of-the-art technology.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Miller. It's great information for women to hear, and listeners can visit bmc.org mammo. That's bmc.org mammo to book their mammogram today. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.